Hi there. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. I'm Jennifer Apple, she, her, and this week's guest is one of my favorite people, one of my dear friends, and someone who just shares in a way that is so palatable and thoughtful and I cannot wait for you to listen to the wisdom that is from Joanna Carpenter. We talk about joy primarily, social media, how we can honor the world that we live in while not letting it define us. Uh, We talk about how little things can add up to big things, advocating for others, but also understanding one's own boundaries. That access to you is a privilege and trusting one's innermost knowing. We share tools around finding one's joy and how to listen to one's body. Content warning, this episode discusses issues around mental health, suffering, briefly about death, the pandemic, social justice, and activism. Without further ado, enjoy this week's episode. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm like obsessed with this. This For all the, those who can't see, uh, Joanna is in her voiceover studio, but it looks like she is in a bunker. Um, it does. I which, built it to look like that. <laughs> which feels apropos. I basically the... want it to feel like anytime I'm working that I'm in the womb. Um, yeah. Kind of... That's what I was going for. I think I wish I could be in that uh, in a womb more often. So <laughs> honestly, if you find me in your own voiceover studio, just you come over okay. anytime. I'll, I'll just, just I'll just shut the door and leave you in there for as long as you need to <laughs> be in. Go in there and snuggle and just cry. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, done. Done. Um, I'll bring snacks and wine. <laughs> great. I don't know in what order, but we can do both. Hi everyone. I didn't even introduce you to our incredible guest. As you can tell, this is going to be a romp of a time. We're both in a mood. Um, the incredible Joanna Carpenter is here with us today. I don't, I'm not going to introduce you. I'm going to throw it over to you, my dear. Who are you today or ever? Or what do you do? Or what's your vibe? Tell us, tell us anything. I will say that today is how who I am is probably different than yesterday and different than tomorrow. Um, And I'm just going to let that be what it is. Uh, So my name is Joanna Carpenter. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am an Asian-American artist, uh, activist, um, EDI educator and consultant, uh, athlete based in New York City. I'm a cat mom. Uh, I kind of at the moment straddle the fence between uh, the arts and hospitality. I've been in hospitality for coming up on 20 years now. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been um, working in the arts for almost as long. So that's me today at this moment. So, like, if we were to sum you up in one word, I'd say badass. Thank you. I was going to say chaos. We'll go with badass. I like yeah, it. <laughs> you know, it's perspective. Thank you. <laughs> One's like from a tomato, bird's tomato. eye view. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and again, daily, daily changing. Who knows? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, y'all. Joanna. Joanna is somebody. We were just talking about this before we even started this recording of I could talk to Joanna about anything. Um, We have talked about everything um, through EAC platforms, but also just generally. So choosing some conversations to narrow in today um, was difficult in that, like, I want to talk about all, but we don't have all the time. Mm -hmm. But but I, you know, I can always bring you back. It's I not mean, like you, you say the word, you say, you know, the word. Listen. you tend to ask and I jump. So thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to learn how to jump higher, but I think that falls into your athletic abilities. So 
anyway um, <laughs> emotional trampoline yeah 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 so i think today we decided to talk about i guess by association joy mm-hmm. but maybe more narrowed down into this idea that through perhaps this pandemic that we're living through but even beyond just as artists and humans Mm -hmm. um, the way in which social media has perhaps warped the way in which we experience joy Mm -hmm. perhaps our distractions in life taking us away from what it means to be joyful um, Mm -hmm. or what it actually what is joy so I guess before we kind of jump in and let this conversation be whatever it is I'd love to hear from you what is joy for you yeah, it's interesting. Um, and I'm glad that you were down to kind of dive into this topic because for me personally, um, I've had to do a very intentional kind of like a realigning of what joy means to me. And I've always been somebody who uh, thought that she was the most uh, the most lovable and the most receivable if she was the most consistent. So Mm. I've kind of built so many aspects of my life around being consistent and reliable for other people. And, uh, over the last couple of years, I have kind of taken, I've started this journey into like really, really intentionally identifying things that bring me joy in an unapologetic fashion. And I've realized that consistency doesn't necessarily bring me joy. So like what makes me really happy today might not make me really happy tomorrow. And I think with the world that we live in now and with the state of things, um, I think it's very easy to uh, forget how to prioritize um, being happy. (laughs) Mm Because it just, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. The the things that bring me joy right now run the gamut from um, sleeping in a little later than I normally would all the way up to saying no to very large things. Um, and it's almost like I feel like a I feel like a little bit of an emotional newborn in terms of leaning into being unapologetic about the things that give me joy. I think that's harder yeah. for people than than we give it credit for being because um, very often we feel like we're a cog in a machine. So there's, there's no happiness here. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know people talk about this all the time, but I mean, both of us are in New York and it's just like people joke about like their favorite place to cry in New York. Oh, yeah. And I used to think that that was like, Oh, like you come to New York and you cry. It's like, no, it's that we actually are like experiencing the full process of emotions when mm-hmm. you live in a place like this, perhaps that it's just mm-hmm. like, you need to know where you can release. Totally. And so people being like, oh, yeah, Subway is my vibe. Or like, yeah, yeah, I go to the specific bench on the specific spot and I stare at birds eating popcorn on the floor. And that's yeah. where I can sob. And it's like, I yeah. feel you. <laughs> out in front of out in front of Telsey. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time I went there? Unclear. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a hot second. Um, yeah, I think. I, I relate so deeply to all you were saying. And I feel like there's this fine line, though, of like, and I don't know if you experience this or if you have um, pondered this for yourself of, I too am a late sleeper, always have been. I'm mm-hmm. definitely a night owl. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea of, 
it's not guilt. I'm over that now because I enjoy my sleep. But nice. There, thank you. Well done. I know. <laughs> thank you so much. It's taken a while. Sometimes just moving past the guilt, you're just Truly. like, wow, whole and new world. And it's in me. So the guilt is very there. Um, but I, you know, this idea of like, well, when is it actually helping or when is it actually because I'm sad? Like mm. the depressive aspect of it, right? I feel like perhaps maybe this is the question with this idea of finding things that perhaps take you away from this consistency, mm -hmm. right? We're on this rat race of let's mm -hmm. move, move, move. We have to be productive. We have to show mm -hmm. face if we don't do these things and blah, 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 blah. And then therefore I'm, I'm now void of joy, right? But what if it is this moment where you are giving yourself the space to fill your time with what you think is joy, but it's actually just the space to grieve or the space to process. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I have two thoughts on it. The first thought is the body keeps the score. So I think if something that brings you joy is uh, sleeping, because that's what your depressed, anxious body tells you you need, then there is nothing that should take that away from you. Um, when we're depressed, we're, we're very sleepy. We're very tired. You know, I know somebody who for the last probably month has been sleeping until noon every day that he's not working. And, you know, there's been conversations about like, oh my God, am I worthless? Like blah, blah. And it's like, no, you're not. Your, your body is telling you what it needs. Um, and you have to honor that. Like you don't really have a choice. Like you have this body, honor it. And then I think the other side of things too, is that, um, again, giving ourselves room for, oh, my watch is going off in the background. Shut up. It'll stop in a second. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I have a person stomping in the hallway and I'm like clicking mute to be like, until they leave. New York City <laughs> is chaos. Everything is chaos. <laughs> Everything is chaos. <laughs> what day is it? Where am I? Who are you? Um, but the, the other aspect of it is too, is that we are now kind of what feels like floating in space a little bit in terms of um, this newfound ability and opportunity to identify other things that give us joy, even if it's for a moment, um, that we may not have uh, allowed ourselves to experience before. You know, you and I are artists, right? So mm -hmm. pre-pandemic, our lives were you are catapulted out of bed early in the morning and you do not stop until late at night. And, you know, the old myth of our productivity or our value is tied to our productivity um, was very much tied into that. We identified ourselves with how many auditions we, we successfully went to, how many callbacks we got, how many submissions we were sending, how mm -hmm. many touch points with our management team, um, you know, like how we were balancing uh, the side hustle, the, the multiple side hustles on top of, you know, like each eating or like drinking a smoothie once a day and working out and staying fit. And, you know, all of that has shattered. It's all been shattered. It's all been taken away. It's now in this sense of kind of cocooning and being rebirthed into something new. And with that, our sense of identity and our sense of intention about how we move through space, and that includes joy, um, is getting rewritten, which I think is really, really important. Um, because we, especially those of us who are artists, because we are naturally empathic, um, therefore we tend to be a sponge for the emotions of the world at large and our community as a microcosm. Um, we tend to put joy on the back burner because we are so busy doing mm -hmm. that we're not, we've never been allowed to feel. And yet artists and creators and creatives feel more deeply than anyone in the world. So I'm seeing a lot of people in our community and across the, the country really um, going, uh, 
I think a farmhouse in Vermont makes me happy. So I think I'm going to do that. And maybe that'll change. I don't know. I'm going to offer myself malleability and flexibility to change because Mm -hmm. now I think a lot of people are going, oh, well, somebody else has been telling me my entire life and my entire career that uh, this thing that I do is right. And therefore that can make me happy. Me being right for somebody else is what's going to make me happy. And now a lot of us are standing back and go, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm profane. Uh, fuck that. <laughs> like, like what, why? So the, it's funny. Cause I think a lot of people are like, okay, we're entering junior year of COVID. Are we done yet? Which are we by the way is my yet? favorite phrase. I shouldn't be so delighted by that phrase, but it is. But it's so relatable. I know. Oh yeah. This is junior year, of, which junior is terrifying, but it's terrifying. Yeah. And also, you know, I I think there's a sense from the larger community that like we should be uh, hitting certain checkpoints of uh, interpersonal growth right now. And some people haven't hit that and they're going, well, what's the next productivity guidepost? And it's like, I don't know, maybe you need to fucking sit down and like do a deep self-analysis. And just because there's a timestamp on how much time we've spent in this mindset does not mean that your emotional, spiritual, personal, physical growth is going to happen directly in line with the timestamp of the world. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense to me. I think the other thing too is, right, we're just, we're redefining what it means to be an artist and also what it means to be a human, right? These, these guideposts that we have had that we've looked towards Mm -hmm. as ways of making sense of the world that we're living in aren't, what we can go to anymore mm-hmm. so they're not that they're the rule look the rule book that has been is beyond flawed and broken and needs to yeah. be like torn up and burned but yeah. if there was a guidebook for people to at least reference to see like what of this do i want to learn more about or what of this yeah. what chapter do i want to investigate more or which chapter do i resonate with and yeah. like so there was at least something that we were all kind of funneling towards but i think now that's kind of been thrown to the wayside. And so there's a lot of scrambling to figure out, well, what is quote unquote right? Mm-hmm. You know, and this idea that really there is no one right way, right? I say this all the time, but there's one, yeah. there's only the right for you. Yeah. But it feels really isolating to be on this path to like finding that right thing for you when you're like, but I'm alone, literally in isolation because of COVID, but also mm-hmm. because of the state of the world being what it is. It's it's very isolating to choose yourself. Yep. That is something that I have learned over the last couple of years because I have made uh, an unshakable commitment to myself that changes and evolves and grows each and every day. Um, and the universe is kind and generous enough to plant things in my path to serve as reminders, <laughs> um, both pleasant and unpleasant to choose myself. And the other thing, the other thing that is like, like a barnacle on my brain these days, um, especially as it pertains to social media, which you and I talk about a lot, Mm -hmm. um, and the impact of social media and what we're seeing and what we are consuming is the commitment to suffering that a lot of artists have made. There Mm -hmm. there are some Mm -hmm. artists that I'm watching that are kind of like in my immediate circle that I'm actually deeply concerned about because the the double-edged sword of social media is that you have a global reach. And then on the other side of that, you have global consumption. And so- I'm seeing people who committed to doing the right thing when COVID hit, and that has now morphed into this commitment to stew in, swirl in, spin the wheels in, and regurgitate 
things that are deeply painful and deeply toxic. And we tend to forget that we, when we share certain things on social media, unless your following is expanding at a rapid clip, you are yelling into an echo chamber. And that is not to say that the things that you have to say are not important and beautifully valuable. Um, but I'm, I'm finding that I'm seeing people so committed to the suffering that they are now hurting themselves because it feels like the only option that we have. There is so much pain. There is so much loss. There is so much devastation. And it's COVID and it's everything political. I mean, like what's happening for the Jewish community, what has ha been happening for the past however many years. And now people are just paying attention because somehow paying attention to anti-Semitism is like just a fresh thing now. Yeah. Um, you know, what's been happening to the Jewish community, what's been happening to my Asian community, mm -hmm. um, you know, on top of everything else, there is a sense of relentlessness and enormity to the pain that I think a lot of people are just kind of defaulting to sitting in and again, regurgitating because it's so overwhelming. Like, what can you do? And at the same time, you have to say something. You have yeah. to do what you feel like you can do to hopefully change some small speck of a corner of the universe. And I think what that is leading to is people so caught up in the suffering that they do not know how to choose to pinpoint joy for themselves. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. We, community is very important. Um, community is the thing that helps us survive. Like humans are tribal by nature, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like it's, it's just, it's science. And at the same time, nobody can identify your joy for you. Right. And so to a certain extent, I can reach out to somebody that I'm concerned about and say, hey, I'm concerned about you. I'm, you know, how are you taking care of yourself? Is there anything that you need? That's as far as I can go for that person. That person has to go, I think I need to step away from Instagram for a day and like go read a book and that's going to that's gonna refill my cup, mm -hmm. you know? And my question kind of at large is like, how do we honor the world that we live in now while also refusing to let it define our day-to-day -day because... And I, I've been kind of screaming about this recently. It is, you know, I'm somebody who's been surrounded by death, like, all my life. But in particular in the last year or so, I just keep losing people left and right. And it's mm -hmm. unexpected. And they're too young. And they're too smart. And they're too talented. And I got hit with the realization last year that my job is to live the best life that I possibly can. Because me wallowing in despair and sitting in pain does not help my friend who died. It doesn't bring them back. It doesn't change the fact that they're dead. Us sitting in despair and choosing to sit in suffering in a lot of ways, in ways that are in our control as opposed to ways that are not out of our control, um, that doesn't help. It doesn't make the world a better place. So the question is, like, how can we as individuals and as parts of humanity and society and community, as artists, how can we choose to live our best life so that we honor the losses that we have experienced? And I think people are treating them as very siloed, very disparate things, and they're not. It is our job to live the best ways that we can. As long as our happiness and our joy is not coming at the expense of someone else, um, we have to. Yeah. And it's a very unpopular opinion right now. It is very, it's a very, very unpopular opinion to say, I am choosing joy today. 
because there is so much to suffer yeah. for and by and about and with. There's so much. And I do think that we can do both. I think we can honor all the shit while still going, and you know what? I'm going to take a lot of joy in like writing this poem or making this coffee or spending time with this person. I'm going to do that because we have one life. You know, I mean, regardless yeah. of your belief system, this moment right now, you can't ever get that back. Right. So how are we how are we caring for that? I have so many thoughts, but I guess I just want to dovetail right off of what you just asked, which is the balance or stated about the balance of both for you specifically. Do you curate these moments of joy? Like, are you purposeful about like, this is my day. I see my structure. Mm. I know that the, these things are maybe things I have to do and therefore don't fill me up my cup. And therefore, I must insert these moments of joy. Or is it more just like generally funneling your mindset into the state of joy as you move through your day? Um, it's closer to the former, um, but not as formulaic. Okay. I, I am fairly green in my journey of allowing myself to feel joy. And what I mean by that is I have lived, especially the last, you know, 12 or 13 years that I've lived in New York, I have lived at the behest of other people and at other people's ability to write my paycheck. And so I am, I am an absolute expert <laughs> at putting aside my own feelings in order to accomplish. Yeah. And the, the clarity around simply identifying an aspect of work or an aspect of my life or something that I like feel like I should put on my calendar, the, the rebellious act of simply going, but that doesn't make me happy. Do I have to do that? Goes back to a deeply rooted learning that I had from my childhood, which was it was stomped out of me pretty young that uh, like my own preferences were were kind of like invalidated from a very young age. And so I, I kind of feel very childlike in the sense that I move through my day and I'll get like distracted by something. Um, whether it's like playing with the cats or like, you know, looking at a stupid TikTok or something like that, that will just make me really happy for that moment. And it becomes a conversation with the voice in my head that goes, no, but you should be doing X. Right. And then I go, but I don't want to. And also I can get X done in 20 minutes when I'm done playing with the cat, you know? Yeah. So it it almost feels very um, uh, juvenile. It, like, mm -hmm. I feel like a little kid in a lot of ways because I'm listening, I'm deeply in tune with my body and I'm listening to how my body responds to certain things. Um, and there have been more extreme situations recently where like things have been strenuous at one of my jobs and I'll just be like, I'm going to leave this meeting now and I'm going to go to the gym because mm -hmm. that's what's going to make me happy because that's what I need to show up fully for any sort of conversation. Um, so it's yeah. very different day by day. It's definitely not formulaic, but through the exploration of that and how I have a physiological response to certain stimuli, um, I've been able to bookmark certain things, reading certain types of books, um, writing uh, or like journaling at like a certain time of day, making sure certain routines are preserved. So like I'll wake up and I'll throw on a quick three minute guided meditation and just listen to that instead of diving right into Instagram or my emails, like the shit can wait. Um, you know, like these little things because the other thing, too, and we've talked about this a bunch, I feel like, where there's this kind of idea that in order to have this like broad reaching joy, it has to be a seismic investment. You know, it mm -hmm. has to be huge uh, travel. It has to be, you know, like buying an apartment, you know, like whatever. When in actuality, um, it's kind of like James Clear's Atomic Habits, where it's like it's all the little things 
that add up to the big thing. It's all the little things like I don't need to be on an island right now. I mean, it would be nice, but like I don't need to be on an island right now, but I do need my like morning coffee routine in place because that brings me joy. And it's all those little pinpricks of commitment to self that lead up to this overall sense of kind of like satisfaction, which we deserve that. Yeah. You don't have to earn that. Like yeah. you don't have to prove that you're worthy of those things that make you happy. And I just, ugh, you know, it's a newfound commitment for me to like commit to self in that way. And it feels so obvious. No, you know? but so it's like, not. We don't do it. No, it's all, it's just also not taught to us, especially mm -hmm. as women. We're not, we're certainly not told that we can embrace that part of ourselves. Right. Cause Ooh, girl. I mean, that's a whole other conversation that well, we can Well, if we're not in to. service of other people, <laughs> exactly. what are we mm -hmm. doing? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I guess I just want to offer kind of piggybacking off of this. And then I want to double back to what you said earlier. But um, there's this really wonderful exercise. I forget when I first did it. You know, I'm a huge list person mm -hmm. um, just because I'm very visual. So if I don't see something in front of my face, I can spin in my head forever and I think I have it all, which I do. I hold way too many things up there. But if it's not out, right, there's literally it's science. Brain, though. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I like to think so, too. Yeah. Um, but there's science about getting the stuff out of your head um, and onto a piece of paper or into mm -hmm. something artistic or getting mm -hmm. it out of you. It's expression. That's literally what we are in the field doing. Right. But totally. There is an activity of um, you put your, and this also sounds like, oh, it's so easy. Why haven't we done this? But you put your timer on for 10 minutes, five minutes, two minutes, if that feels like what you can handle. Yeah. And you stream of consciousness, write down all of the things that fill you with joy. Mm. Um, and we're talking like minuscule things, like a wiped clean countertop, yes. a, you know, opening a new, uh, like opening your dishwasher if you're so lucky to have one and like seeing the steam pop out, mm -hmm. a newly paved road, like really like m small little moments of joy. And if you really let yourself like look around you just in the room that you're in and then begin to expand one circle beyond that over and over, like outside my apartment, outside my street, outside my neighborhood, outside the, 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 the keep going and going and going, you recognize like not only is it gratitude for all the things in the world that you can appreciate, but there's this idea of these specific little details that do fill you with joy that when you start to move yourself out of your different circles into these other spheres in your life, you are actually able to physically pinpoint, oh, right, that tree that's on this street that I love seeing its leaves fall. I'm walking by it today. Joy. Yeah. Oh, the one fence that like looks like it's painted from 1822. And for some reason, every other part of the fencing has been painted. And why not this one? You yeah. know, like these little details allow you to fill yourself up with tangible joy on a little yes. day to day. Yes. And I... I want to invite anyone who's listening into trying that um, if this is something that does resonate with you, just because, you know, we we tend to, my I'll speak for myself. I tend to <laughs> take for granted the things that I have in my life that could yes. fill me with joy. And I'm not being purposeful around the ways in which the artwork that I put on my gallery wall that I was so excited about, like that fills me with joy. I, which is beautiful, by the way. Thank so you pretty. so much. I have so much artwork. And now <laughs> I didn't realize that I had more walls than the art that I had, which I thought was impossible, but I somehow need to accrue more art. So if anybody has like great artists feel or are or is an artist a visual artist specifically and wants to like send me their art and or like have me purchase their art 
Let me I know. I have a guy. I have a guy. I'll send you my friend. We love. We love my a guy. Friend, my friend Kazi. He is probably one of the most brilliant painters I have ever encountered Amazing. in my life. Oh, so good. Yeah, I'll send. I you mean, stuff. it's like so much of my wall is friends. It's my art. It's yeah. art that I've accrued and accumulated from my travels. It's the. It's just mm. anyway. But that's a fun little exercise. I just want to offer, kind of spinning off of what you were saying. Yeah. But going back to the social media situation, which. God. <laughs> like do I it's like part of me is like do I even want to because like my shoulders just like sigh. Yeah, I, I know that. I saw that. <laughs> like my shoulders automatically just like tensed. But I do I think, think it's we like, should talk about social media though. I exactly. think it's deeply important. Yes. Yeah, it's a necessary it's a necessary conversation and also unfortunately it's a necessary evil that is dictating so much of our lives right now whether we like it or not. Um truly. truly. Where it's this beautiful connector of what you're saying with community and your your reach. Um, it's how we've built EAC. It's through yeah. social media, like these incredible artists who've come through and are now a part of this community, frankly, is because of social media, in addition yeah. to obviously people I've worked with and, and such. But like, you know, there's some gorgeous beauty, which is, I think, it's a that's that's what the original intent was for mm -hmm. social media. And mm -hmm. then obviously it became a tool for commerce and money and consumerism. Anyway, because so going, because, because are, we, we live in a, not have money. Are we living in a capitalist society or definitely? And it's juicy. We love. OK, we love <laughs> y'all. Joanna and I spent months. This is actually I think when we like solidified friendship, despite how the, we were literally across the country from one another. We spent mm -hmm. months in the pandemic 2020 summer calling senators remember that for oh pandemic God. relief remember and i that. feel like so Those i just fucks didn't listen unreal i just feel like seeing and looking at you and talking about capitalism just brings me back to very not very different but a relatively different time wild it feels like it was a decade ago when it really actually it was, does it was a year and a half ago i know which is yeah. crazy but going back to social media this incredibly complex universe so this idea of social media as this tool and yet this double-edged sword that you kind of feel like you're preaching and yelling into an abyss or mm -hmm. a bubble based off of algorithms and mm -hmm. um, the way in which Instagram has decided for people who and what they should see. Mm -hmm. What do you feel in this moment, because I recognize this changes, but what do you feel in this moment then is our responsibility for the causes that we do feel deeply passionate about, recognizing mm. that that is, in essence, some version of, quote unquote, suffering or yeah. perpetuating suffering. But at the same time, if their core values or core belief systems or things that really mean too much to you to not say something, mm -hmm. where is that? Where is that balance? Oh, I love this question so much. Okay, so I'm not, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not going to tell anyone what to do, but I will mm -hmm. share um, kind of the evolution of my process for uh, dealing with social media, which has actually had a big burst of clarity um, just over the last couple of weeks, actually. So I used to focus, Facebook, I, Facebook is a cesspool of stupidity and chaos. I am not really on Facebook anymore. Like yeah. I, I actually despise Facebook and I was a late joiner to Facebook. I didn't get on until like 2009, 2010. Cause I was just like, this is stupid. Um, and now I'm back to that. I feel like it's stupid. Um, Instagram has been personally my main platform for communicating my messages. Like, you know this about me. Um, some of the EAC community knows this about me. Um, I'm I'm a huge uh, fighter for um, 
equal rights, social issues, female identifying issues, abortion, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and that has been how I've communicated that. And my platform has grown very organically because of that, because of my version, my particular brand of activism. Um, I've realized recently that part of not even part, the majority of the self-care work that I need to do in order to take care of myself so that I can show up fully for the important conversations for the suffering, um, if you will, is to protect my energy. So I very often, you know, from a visual perspective, I feel like my personal energy is this kind of like golden web of light that is around me. And the more I bear my innermost soul in public places, especially social media, the more I am pushing out that web of energy and dimming it because it's getting stretched too thin. And so I had to spend a lot of time um, towards the end of last year really trying to figure out the balance that you're talking about. Um, and for me personally, I've realized that with uh, my entrance into TikTok, um, which I've been so skeptical and cynical about TikTok from the jump, I'm like, this is stupid. And I'm now obsessed. You win, TikTok. You win. <laughs> because the reason being is because I love using social media for two reasons. The first reason is that I can entertain people. There is nothing in this world that brings me more joy than having made someone laugh. I don't care if it's one person. I don't care if it's a thousand people. Did I make you laugh? There is no feeling that is more fulfilling for me. There's really not. And then also something that I'm deeply passionate about is shining a light on the things that are broken, the things that are wrong, the underdog, the people who are unheard, unseen, unappreciated, abused, left behind, you name it. So you've got a really interesting dichotomy here. So what I realized is that when it comes to Instagram, I need to pull back my energy in terms of how much I am bearing the deepest parts of my soul because that is a level of vulnerability that the world doesn't necessarily deserve. Mm -hmm. I can speak about the issues that are important. I can consistently continue to make a case for fighting for the people who deserve to be seen, deserve to be heard. I can continue doing that. None of that is going to change. And also, I can protect and preserve my own emotional capital. And we talk a lot about emotional capital. Mm -hmm. I can preserve that and keep that intact so that I am psychically, spiritually safe and whole at the same time. And it's just, it's a, it's a simple redirect of how I speak about things and how personal I make it. Um, you know, there are 75 hills that I will die on and all of them are social justice issues. Yeah. And so then how do I scratch the creative itch that Instagram started as? You know, remember when Instagram started and we were all sharing really like grainy photos of food and our shoes and like those filters. Shit? I oh those my filters. God, never like forget. the sepia with the black border yes. oh, the black and the border. blur. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> So Unreal. like that used to be something that was joyful, that was that was community driven, that was silly, that was playful. That is now TikTok. TikTok is like I love TikTok because you are entirely at the mercy of chance. There is no control over the algorithm to chase, unlike Instagram, which is why I think so many of us get into a tizzy because we're like, I gotta, you know, I gotta like bet kowtow to the to the algorithm on Instagram. TikTok. I can literally, I have made so many stupid videos that make me cackle out loud and I just vomit them into TikTok and I don't have to care. 
how people respond to them because I think they're funny and a few other people think they're funny. And it scratches that creative itch and that kind of like Mm -hmm. self-indulgent, let me entertain you, I'm an actor vibe. And there's cross-pollination between the two platforms. And it is all done entirely within my personal boundaries of how much emotional output I can afford to give other people. Because the underlying thing here is that I am a creator, I am a creative, I am a storyteller, and I need to have an outlet to do that. And also, I'm somebody who, like everybody else, has lived through two and a half years of a global pandemic that has devastated me emotionally, Um, blessedly not physically, even though I had COVID for Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, Yes. You know, it's, it's been devastating. And so my... That's something that's bringing me joy very intentionally. And I am very proud of the fact that I feel like I have, I found the balance. I found the balance on social media that I want. Now, all of that is to say, that's going to be completely different for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would always encourage people to speak about the issues, speak about the issues that are the most important to you, advocate for others, continue to listen, continue to learn, because as we know that this this work is infinite, the advocacy work is infinite, there's always someone to fight for and with and against um, someone, something. Um, and also, going back to the premise of this entire conversation, while you are doing that, while you are using your voice for good and for change, understand the limits of your own emotional capacity and do not push beyond that because you can't pour from an empty cup and you are not going to be able to be of service if you're just like squeezing blood from a stone effectively. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. So that's kind of how I've found my personal relationship with social media. And it's actually the most comfortable um, and the most happy that I've felt about social media in general, basically since I got on Instagram in like 2013. So yeah, that's yeah. I <laughs> it's been a very I feel uh I have yeah, so many feelings happening in this current moment about all of it. I I am having a moment because as an as an actor, creator, performer myself, I have this really weird relationship frankly with social media of within with my face mm-hmm. and i've actually it's been something that with eac i'm being super vulnerable but here we are like it, we i've never ever been face driven with this community because mm-hmm. it is it's a community it's not my community it's a community mm-hmm. and i just happen to be like spearheading the way in which we can facilitate it right but putting my face on that has always been really really difficult for me mm-hmm. and i struggle with that also in my own space where i have all these creative ideas and all these wacky silly whatevers and I could, in theory, be showing up for myself in a way that, frankly, makes me more visible and allows me to to be showing my face and myself in probably more active video form on TikTok, on Instagram, what have you. But there's this weird thing that I have about, and that's my own thing that I need to work on and continue working on in therapy about just taking up space. But mm-hmm. there's this really interesting, um, you know idea around what it means to um show up in these ways where you have to be all of you all the time and then in that in itself 
is its own form of draining. Mm -hmm. Forget even all the other stuff that we're dealing with in the world and in society and all the suffering of blah, blah, blah. Like it's still this way of like the cost that you having to show up as your honest, authentic self, which is the only way I ever want to show up. It's mm -hmm. the only way I ever do try to show up. Mm -hmm. um, that does come at a cost, right? So I guess the other thing is that I want to ask about this for you is do you do you just stop when you're like I'm done with say TikTok videos or is it more like you're like no I actually now that I've discovered this well it's like endless <laughs> um that actually changes from day to day well. because you know <laughs> I'm not gonna make any sort of prescriptions on what you feel like are your personal you know connections and and issues with with your own visibility but I think for me, it's it starts with listening to your body, right? Again, the body keeps a score. When I get a certain uh, feeling in my core, like right between my upper stomach and my diaphragm, mm -hmm. it feels like a small ache. And the second that kicks in, I'm like, oh, got to go. And like whether that's from an in-person situation or a social media situation. So I just listen to that. Um, I also think that this is going to sound egotistical. And I don't mean it to, but I think it's something that everybody needs to take stock of and and find a way to remind themselves of, which is access to you is a privilege. Access to certain parts of you, especially, is a privilege. And that's not to say that there is a, there's a hierarchy of like, oh, because I'm saying this, like I'm better. That's not what I mean at all. What I mean is that the the parts of us that are so uh, core to who we are, um, like our little soul mirrors, right? Like the glitter that comes out of us when we share our vulnerable parts. Um, those things are precious gifts. And the nature of social media means that not everybody is going to appreciate that. Some yeah. people will, which is why I recommend being hyper-specific about what you share with people. And sometimes... Every, like everybody's journey with it is different. Everybody's journey with their visibility, especially as artists, because we, as much as we want to avoid saying this, we still live and work in an industry that is deeply flawed and deeply broken and entirely aesthetically driven. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why we still have fat phobia on Broadway and in Hollywood. That's why we still have, you know, I mean, just like colorism, just like running rampant and mm -hmm. everybody going, well, you're not ethnic enough and you're too ethnic, you know, like all this fucking bullshit. And at the end of the day, um, because we have to kind of like, those are the edges on our sandbox right now. I do think it behooves us as artists to be hyper-specific about the glitter that we give to other people, um, especially via social media. And so you are different from me. So if your instincts are going, this doesn't feel right to share, or it doesn't feel right to share in this way, then that's something about you that you reserve for the people who are in your innermost sanctum, who deserve that access. And it doesn't mean you can't advocate for things. It doesn't mean you can't put yourself out there. It doesn't mean that you can't say or be certain ways, but you can find ways to do that, that preserve what you feel is your integrity in that moment and also take care of yourself. Does that make sense? Completely, completely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is also just, you know, me recognizing that none of it fucking matters. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> I think that's just really like, honestly, it's the yeah. it's the fuck it mentality that I have yeah. with so much of my life that for some fucking reason, you know, every fucking word right now is going to be fuck. But like for that's some okay. fucking reason. Fuck oh, yeah, please. You know, <laughs> for some fucking reason, when it comes to these arenas, I'm still 
you know, my, navigating the ways in which the balance works that it seems yeah. like you've, you've navigated it quite decently at this point in time that I, I'm going to continue investigating for myself. But it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a really, um, I think you nailed it in that it's a very individualized journey and mm-hmm. the intuition that you have or that one has within one's own body to, to be like, this is a yes, this mm-hmm. is a no, mm-hmm. and then acting on that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trusting that your instinct is telling you something um, mm-hmm. that perhaps listening to it is a wonderful choice mm-hmm. um, is that is uh, you're going to say. No, no. I was just going back to what you were saying about how there's uh, a cost, right? Like there's a cost to putting yourself out there. And what you were just saying reminded me uh, to say this, which is there's always going to be a cost, Mm -hmm. even if it's positive reinforcement, even if it is, even if it's like a silly TikTok video that you're putting out where you're like trying on an accent, you know what I mean? Um, There's always going to be a cost because we're living, breathing human beings and the things that we do and moving through space takes energy. I think it becomes a question of how much you want to spend. Yeah. on certain things, right? Or how much literally do you have in your pockets to spend at the time? Yeah. You yeah. know, how how wealthy are you in that moment? <laughs> yeah. And that, <laughs> or how that broke are you? Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's when we stop listening to the shoulds from the outside, mm-hmm. even if the outside shoulds are coming from people with the best of intentions, whether it's our agent, our parents, you know, like whatever, um, when we stop listening to the external shoulds and start really, really trusting ourselves and our innermost knowing and and leading with that, then that's when we make the decisions that are the best for us. And for some people, that's going to be really uncomfortable and scary because their innermost knowing is going to tell them to shut the fuck up for six months. Correct. And that's okay. Yep. You know, it's it's weird and it's squishy. Yeah. Um. I adore you so much. I adore you. (laughs) Before we wrap up our time, despite the fact that I actually can continue this conversation and I know you could too for hours. Forever. Um, Forever. (laughs) We'll be here forever. Okay. We're devolving. This is the side that we both. Yeah, we (laughs) did. Before it's full spiral. Um, Is there anything that you feel is perhaps an exercise or a tool or a resource that when it comes to whether it is this idea of discovering joy or whether it's one's balance with the way in which one shows up on these social spheres or the way in which one engages with all of the universal personal suffering that perhaps then they feel a responsibility to all of these things that we've Mm -hmm. discussed today. Mm -hmm. Are there any lingering tangible somethings that you may have on your mind um tangible not so much physical yes um because i think so much of this joy is intrinsic um somebody else or something or money or whatever can make us happy but joy is intrinsic and what i would encourage everybody to do is give yourself permission to come back to yourself and listen We listen to ourselves last so often. We listen to our bodies last. Even those of us who are very, you know, like dancers, actors, you know, like like these elite athletes that artists are, no matter what you do in the arts, um, the you must choose to come back to yourself and stop letting the outside world dictate how you are allowed to feel and what you should do at any given moment. And that sounds kind of like weird and kitschy, but I just, I really, really believe that. And I really, really believe that I was only able to 
clearly identify things that made me joy so that I could continue to be a good person and show up for the things and people who needed me. Once I stopped ignoring myself mm-hmm. and once I started really listening and checking in with my physiological reactions to certain things, um, the pain is not going to go away. The violence is not going to go away. The loss, the sense of loss, the, all the things that we miss, all the things that can never come back again, that's not going to change. So what can we do in order to show up for ourselves so that we can show up for others um, is to come back to ourselves. So that means like taking two minutes, like you were saying earlier, set a timer, you know, and check in with yourself. How is your breathing? Where are you holding tension? Does your stomach hurt? Very often this like core line of energy Mm -hmm. that runs up the center of our body. um, And you know this, that tells us so much if we just care to listen And that knowing, that commitment to knowing yourself will expand out into how you find joy, how you deal with family, how you deal with social media, how you deal with the chaos of the arts industry right now, how you, you know, seek out things to further your life. Um, So at the risk of, you know, oversimplifying it, like come back to you and listen to you and like tune out the noise. There's always going to be noise. It doesn't mean you have to listen to it. And on that note, I'm endlessly grateful for you i adore you to pieces I adore you, you will you will find me in your bunker <laughs> come over i have snacks i can cheese. always i'm gonna bring snacks and i bring walter my little yes. pups are, i don't know oh, does, yeah. do your cats does zelda hang out with dogs zelda will lola will probably hide <laughs> okay well yeah. i think walter will try i don't think he fully understands cat dynamic yet but maybe this is like a play date waiting to happen i mean so, zelda's like a small person so i mean so is walter so i think this is a match made in heaven <laughs> it's gonna be so good um thank you thank you i love and appreciate you i love and appreciate you too Let this episode be a reminder to you that there is no one right way, only what's right for you, that there is a huge commitment to choosing oneself that really pays off, and that trusting your innermost knowing will really allow you to fully become all that you are meant to be. As always, if you like this episode, please rate us, like us, follow us, leave a review, turn on your bell notifications to find out when the next episode comes out, which is weekly. And as always, invite your friends so you can listen and discuss these episodes together because that's just so much more fun. If you hated it, don't even bother with any of it. Just let it slide. If it's not for you, not for you. And in case you haven't done so already, you can find us on Instagram at Empowered Artist Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective, and on our website at EmpoweredArtistCollective.com. With that said, welcome to the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. I'm Jennifer Apple, and I cannot wait to have you back next week. Until then. Bye.